Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. That's funny. To clarify, we were at the Gay Pride Parade ministering. I've been good friends with Jesse for a long time, and Chris. I know Chris is going to another ministry now. He's moving on in terms of uh, spreading his wings as pretty much an apostle evangelist, huh? Um, but I've been good friends with all of them, including Jessica. I think she might be in the, the kids' ministry. Um, almost 15 years, and yeah, I remember the days Jesse and even... And this is before Jesse was married. Jesse used to have a little house uh, in San Diego, and he would invite people over, and we'd all worship in there. He hasn't stopped. I was sitting there during worship, and it's been the exact same for 15 years. This is the, the, the scenery has changed, but it's the same heart, same person. And um, I remember we used, to, we used to run around on the streets. Come on, you clap for his heart. I like that. Oh. I was just reminiscing. Every time I come in here, I feel like I reminisce on... on uh, the past, but I got to come last year. I don't know if some of you were here last year when, when I was here, and uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit last year, and today I wanted us to meditate. I felt like God was wanting us to meditate on the Savior, and um, I don't know about you, but I really, really, really like Christmas time uh, a lot. I think it's great. Um, pretty much love everything about Christmas. I used to not like Santa that much, but I like Santa so much, I'm so down to dress up like Santa. I I was just thinking, I want to dress up like Santa and come and, you know, have my kids sit on my lap or something. I was just feeling, I I have three kids. I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old, so they're still really young, but um, the reason I didn't like Santa too much, I I was just, you know, I was like, man, this thing's about Jesus, and and, what's up with Santa? That's kind of how my mindset was until I read books and I, and I learned history, and I was like, this is a cool, actually, pretty cool stuff. Do you guys know Santa's a real person, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really funny. Santa's a real person, or he was a real, well, he is a real person. He's living with Jesus. Um, his name was Nicholas, and um, he's a saint in, in the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, I think the Anglican Church, um, I'm pretty sure the Lutheran Church. Regardless, he's a real person. The guy's alive with Jesus. Uh, he would go around, the story was that he would take bags of uh, gold coins, coins, and he would go at night around Christmas and he would put them inside the windows of houses as he would walk down the street just giving gifts randomly. How fun is that? Now, the story is, is, that, is that some people were like, you know, washing their stockings the, that night, you know, and then they were warming them by the fire because they didn't have dryers back then. This is 1,600 years ago. So... The story was is that he would go by windows, and when he would put the money in there, it just happened that he'd put it inside of one of the stockings that was hanging on the fireplace. But that's, uh, that's where we get a lot of this stuff. Do you guys know that? Is this fun? The coal. <laughs> the, well, so, so, so that's a funny something. So, see, I love Christmas. You know, I'm such like a, I'm, we're going to get to that. I'm, I'm so into like metaphors, you know, and, and things that have meaning. Uh, I mean, it gets even better when we're like talking about real church stuff, like you know, baptism, you know, it's a metaphor, but it's like tied to the Holy Spirit, wow, communion, you know, you get a really, it has meaning, 
both like, you know, mentally, but then it's holiness. God is all a part of it. Yeah? How about anointing oil? You guys ever, anyone ever pray with anointing oil? No? A couple people in the room? Um, it's a symbolic thing, but it's in, it's in the Bible, and it symbolizes the Holy Spirit. I just love, I love metaphors, and so I love Christmas. Um, it's Coles, that's funny. Did you know Santa? So Santa uh, it became like a pretty big deal. So, so he, he, oh, this is a funny story about Santa. Did you guys know he slapped a person in the face? He actually hit somebody? It was a funny, no one ever talks about Santa smacking someone. That's, that's better than Cole. But uh, that's, a, so the story was, he was actually in like a church, he was a big church bishop guy, St. Nicholas, but he was in, a, he was in like a, a church meeting thing, and this guy named Arius, who was a, he was a heretic in the early church, and he was basically saying Jesus was just a man, and uh, Saint Nick, old St. Nick didn't like it too much, slapped him in the face, but then he felt really bad about it afterwards, and he repented, and the church was like, yeah, it's okay, you know. At least it was a heretic, you know. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, in Europe, in Europe, to get to the point, in Europe, the, uh, the whole thing was Santa Claus. By the way, this has nothing to do with the sermon. I just, <laughs> Christmas is coming up, you know. Um, anyways, Santa became a really big deal uh, in some of the European countries around Christmas. And it kind of actually took on like a, you know, Jesus, Jesus came to earth, but you know he's coming again. So for some people in Europe, when they were celebrating Christmas, they were, they were reminding themselves of the coming of Christ when he's coming again. And so the way that they would remember it is they would think about old Saint Nick coming on a white horse and checking who's been good, who's been bad kind of a thing to recognize, you know, the whole Jesus is coming again and are you living in the grace of Jesus? You guys following with me? Okay. There was a country, it was funny, there was a country in Europe that didn't have horses. They only had reindeer, so... Uh, so when they took on the tradition, it wasn't, it wasn't old St. Nick on a white horse. It was old St. Nick with the reindeer. And uh, in America, we just kind of compiled a whole bunch of random stuff. And uh, <laughs> isn't that fun? I love this stuff. You know, uh, uh, Martin Luther, he, uh, he lit candles and put them on the tree. He was, he was the first one to do that, kind of to symbolize, like, the stars in the sky and the nativity. But then, like, it increased. So now we've got the, the, the star or the angel on top of the tree, and we light the tree up and... Under the tree, what do we put? Come on, you all know the presence, the presence. This symbolizes the star that followed from the east to the west, came and hovered over Christ, the gift to the world, and, and shone down light upon him so the wise men could come and find him. <laughs> yeah, we don't give gifts to people that have just been good to us. We, we give gifts because God gave the best gift ever, Jesus, to us. You weren't, you weren't like good enough, and he said, okay, now I'll send my son for you. Jesus didn't come with a lump of coal. He was just Jesus. He came, he came to save the world, and I just love that. That's, the, that's actually the spirit of Christmas. This is about God who loves us and gave his son for us that we might be with him forever. So I want to meditate a little bit on Jesus. Oh, by the way, a little side thing too. I, um, I've been doing this prayer. This is, I've been doing this prayer. It's, uh, it was started by some monks in, like the, uh, in the early church, but it's a very simple prayer. It's a Jesus prayer. You guys ever heard of the Jesus prayer? Not the Lord's prayer, the Jesus prayer. It says, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Yeah? Wow. Anyways, I've been meditating on it, and, and these Orthodox like monks, you know what they do? They like pray, 
And uh, I'm going really on a tangent here, but I just feel like this is for somebody. Then when they pray, they would actually, they, they kind of just, they, they like to be in the moment in this place. And then they're just saying, Lord Jesus, and they're meditating on his presence that he's here with us. And then they just say, have mercy on us. And I just love that. I've just been thinking about it lately. I don't know if that blesses some of you for Christmas time. It's an easy, easy prayer. Some of you are like, man, I have really trouble praying. It's a really fun way to start praying. You say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on us. And Father, I pray for today. I pray for this service. I pray, Jesus, that you would have mercy on this church. I thank you for gifts, your good gifts, the gift of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for a new church building. I thank you for a lot of money coming in for this church, providing every need. I thank you that you provide for us, Don. That you're so good. You're so faithful. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, if you've got a Bible, you can go to Luke chapter 1. Last week uh, at our church, the church that I pastor at, we... We spoke on Luke 1 as well, although today is going to be a little bit different. Last week we were talking about this story with Mary and um, Zacharias and, and the birth of Jesus and the birth of John the Baptist, and we were highlighting the fact that the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary, and it says that you know, his power would overshadow her. And Jesus was born. And, and we were kind of just meditating on the fact how the Holy Spirit comes and ho hovers over us and overshadows us. And uh, we get to represent Jesus. And Christmas is a great time to do that. So that's what we were thinking about last week. But today, I really want to go actually through the same passage with you guys. But I want to think about the Savior. I want to really, really meditate. What has Jesus done for us? You guys know the gospel, first and foremost, there's a word in the Bible for what this is all about. Everything that we've got going on here. It's all about one word. You ready? Here's the word. It's a really big word. It's called reconciliation. Can you all say that word? Reconciliation. You all know what that means? Reconciliation means to bring into one two things, okay? So bring them back together, to bring them together. This is what this is all about. This whole church service, uh, church community, it's all tied to God's desire to have relationship with us. <laughs> Yay. The living God made us to be one with him, to walk with him, to be in his image after his likeness. Yes. Uh, now there's a problem. There's a guy called the devil. Boo. There's a thing called sin. Yuck. And, um, and there's a thing called death. Yeah? Sadness on that one. But there's Jesus the victor, the savior, the resurrection and the life, the good, good guy who really, really likes us. Oh, I love Christmas. And uh, in the story, the chapter after this, we're gonna go and look one here, but a few chapters after, or chapter after this, talks about the shepherds and... and um, the shepherds on the hill. You guys all know the story of shepherds? Angel appears to them. Joy to the world. <laughs> a savior is born. The shepherd's like, what? He's right down there. He's been a manger. 
Um, we all know the story. There's no room in the inn. Mary and Joseph have to have baby Jesus and lay him in a animal food trough, you know, like just animal hay, a manger. Yuck. There's nothing else. Baby Jesus, the king of all glory, the eternal one who made all things, born flesh and bones, wrapped up and swaddled and put in a manger. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And then uh, I was here this morning, and then we were praying. By the way, if you don't come to the morning prayer times before church, you are missing out. That was, I was just standing in the back like, wow. I love this church. It's really, really fun. If you don't come in the mornings, you should really come at least, at least one Sunday a month maybe or like something like that. Just come and pray because uh, it's really good to pray. <laughs> it's a Christian thing to do. Um, you know, by the way, on a side note, prayer for some people can be really laborious and difficult. I really like what some monks in the church have said. Uh, prayer isn't so much about you striving to figure out what to say. It's about you learning to hear the voice of prayer within you. Because when you actually pray, it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh. When you actually pray, it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh. So learning to hear the voice of prayer within you is really, really powerful, really, really liberating in prayer. Um, I don't know why I said that. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 1. Now what I want to, to talk about here, I'm actually going to just read, I want to read really simply two, uh, two things, two, two people talking. And, and then we're just going to go off and meditate on the Savior for a little bit, and then we'll pray and have some fun. Sound good? Okay, okay. Now, the first person we're going to read is a person. You all know who she is. Her name is Mary. If you don't know who Mary is, I'm going to tell you. She's the mother of Jesus. Yes? Blessed is she among women. Yeah? She is a great example of faith. When the angel came to her and told her she's going to have a son, she wasn't like doubting. Like, boy, that's impossible. She was just more like, how's this going to happen? How do you want to do it, God? I'm a virgin. I haven't slept with anyone. And I'm going to have a baby, so what's up? What do you want me to do? Uh, do you want Joseph and I to get married a little earlier, etc.? He says, no, Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. His power is going to overshadow you. And you're going to have a son. He's going to be the Savior. His name is Jesus. Jesus, by the way, means Savior. Yes? And uh, <clears throat> so, in chapter 1, Mary sings a song. Um, and this is it. This is chapter 1, verse 47. We're just going to read what she said. Sorry, 46, sorry. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Say Savior. Savior. Wow. In God, my Savior. How crazy is it that God is now in her belly as a person? Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Did you imagine that? I don't know, dude. She didn't have... She didn't have relations with anyone. This is like crazy. I know this is like, oh, we've all heard the story, 
but like think about it again. This isn't a fairy tale, this is a real life story. Like a girl that was walking on the earth legit got pregnant by God, like Holy Spirit hovering over her. Just miraculously, Holy Spirit. How crazy is that? That's crazy. All right, go back to it, sorry. I just love Christmas. 48. <laughs> For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all nations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Amen? That's a good word, Mary. We're going to get right back to it. This is, uh, this is now verse 67. That's pretty funny. Zacharias, he's a priest, and he's the father of John the Baptist, okay? Now, we all just read in here in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and it says that he, he was a priest. Um, some people in the early church said that he was actually the high priest of the time. So church tradition says he was the high priest. Was he the high priest? I have no idea. But regardless, he was a priest. And he goes in, and it was his job and his time at a certain time to go in to do the censor and to, 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 to do stuff basically inside the temple. Back then, they had, they had like a literal physical temple. So he goes inside the temple. And I don't know if you know the story, but I'll tell you it. He goes in the temple, and then an angel appears to him as well. The archangel, Gabriel, appears to him and says, Hey, bro, your wife's going to have a son. Okay? Um, Elizabeth. Now, now, they were a little bit older. You all know the story of uh, Abraham and Sarah, and, and they were really, really old, right? Okay. Um, I don't think Zechariah is that old. <laughs> but still, he doesn't respond in such faith as, as Mary did. He, he kind of, in unbelief, is like, How's that going to happen? I'm like super old. Like, we're, like, really old. We haven't had it. He's literally the priest, you know, like, in there. Mary's just this, like, nobody chick, you know? Angel comes to her, and she's like, okay, how's it gonna happen? He's the high, he's, like, the priest. Really? And he says, he says this when he goes, he goes, what sign, you know? What sign are you gonna give me to show me? Just imagine an angel standing in front of you. And then he says, what sign that I'm going to have a kid? The angel's like, bro. And he literally responds. He literally responds, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. <laughs> Read the book. You know, Bible means book. Read the book. So, so anyways, uh, he says, fine, I'll give you a sign. You're not going to be able to talk. And uh, Zechariah couldn't talk. His mouth comes just silent. He comes out of the temple. He's, he's waving people to him, wanting to tell him what happened. And uh, they knew he saw something that they couldn't figure out two, you know, two plus two with him because he couldn't talk. But when, uh, when the baby was born, um, they said to Elizabeth, his wife, what are you going to name the baby? And she said, uh, she said John. John means 
God is gracious. Okay? Um, I love Christmas. God is gracious. And, uh, and they looked at her and they said, no one in your family is John. We can't, we can't name the baby John. Think about this. Whose kid is it? It ain't the people's kid. It's her kid. Why are they even giving her a hard time? Anyways, different times. They, they say to her, you don't have anybody named John. She looks around. She's like, oh my gosh. And then they look at the husband. They look at Zacharias. And they said, they said are you down with this? Like naming your kid John? You know what I mean, John? It, you know. So he motions for them. So they come and they bring him a tablet, something to write on. He writes his name is John. So when he writes that, all of a sudden his mouth is opened. And he begins to proclaim prophecy. He literally gets filled with the Holy Spirit and just goes off. All the people are standing there like, OMG. Like, what is going on? In fact, it really did spread. People actually started telling everybody about it. They're like, this is a really crazy story. You should hear about this guy, this priest who went silent for nine months or, or more. And, uh, and now we can talk when his son was born. This is really, really weird. What's going on? But this is what Zacharias said. This is in verse 67. Now, this is a prophecy, so uh, uh, what is prophecy? Prophecy is when we're saying what God is saying, the most basic way we're saying what God is saying, yes? Um, but when it's prophecy and in the Bible, it's like, okay. <laughs> That's really important. Okay. You know what I mean? Sometimes people can come up to you and be like, I'm prophesying this, and you've got to really judge the word, you know? This, is, this, is, this has been tried and tested for a long time. People are like, that didn't happen. Then they go dig a hole in the ground in the Middle East, and all of a sudden they're like, it did happen. It's crazy. They're like, oh, water splitting at the Red Sea. That is so crazy. You know, Moses going across on dry ground. That just sounds so impossible. Oh, what fairy tale. Until they scuba dive in the area, and they see wheels of chariots of that time scattered across the floor. There was two pillars, this is a side story, but this is so crazy. There was this guy named Solomon. You ever heard of Solomon? He was a king, son of David. Okay, Solomon actually went, they actually made these pillars. It's called the Pillars of Solomon, and it marked where the, the Israelites had crossed over during the Exodus. And uh, how fun is that? Anyways, so they went, they actually like looked in this area. It's crazy. And under the water, you know, most of the Red Sea goes really deep like this. But in this one area, it's almost like an underwater bridge where it's not really deep. It's, it's less. And it kind of goes up underwater. It's really cool. Anyways, the water split there. And across, they, they literally, and all across it, you find these. Now they're like, they've got, you guys can see pictures of it online. It's really cool. They've got uh, barnacles and, you know, I don't know what marine life is on it. But there's marine life on it. And, uh, but you can go down there and you see them. There's chariot wheels of the time of Moses and that pharaoh. And... Uh, you all know, you know, the Egyptians followed them. You know the story? Like, how dumb? Like, think about it. Like, there was, they were following them, and, a, and fire came out of the sky and stopped them as a wall. And when the fire went away, they go, I'm still going to follow you. <laughs> and then they see the water split in two. And they say, I'm still going to follow you. Real dumb. It's crazy. Oh, do you guys love the Bible? By the way, next time you guys read that story, or you guys read through it, 
to recognize that the first time they go through, they go through with a guy, he's leading them, his name is Moses. Everybody say Moses. Moses. Through Moses, God brought the first covenant. It's called the law. Say the law. law. There's actually multiple times God, Jesus, God separates waters, splits water in two. I think there's three or four times, four times in uh, the Old Testament where God does that. I don't know if you knew that, but um, it's true. Read the Bible. And so... So, uh, but when you read it, you know, it's interesting because the first time Moses puts them through water, the second time is through a river. And the river, you guys know what the river's called? Oh, I'm so excited. I love Christmas. The Jordan River. I love the kids. The Jordan River. You know who was leading the company at that time? You know what his name was? Joshua. I love the kids. Now, his name is Joshua to us, but do you know what Joshua, his name literally is, though? Jesus, it's the same name. Oh my gosh, I wonder who he represents. And the second time, it's funny, Moses puts up the staff and the, the water. So the second time, they take the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the living God. They step into the water, Jordan, which was overflowing at the time. <sighs> Separates, they walk into the promised land. Let's go through the presence of Jesus. This is all symbolic. Anyways. It's fun stuff. We haven't even read Zechariah. What time is it? I got 15 minutes. I was going to talk. We're going to get to the Savior. This is all tied to the Savior, you know? I don't. Okay. Okay. Back to Zechariah. Here we go. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation. Say salvation. For us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Yeah. This is getting good. Verse 72 to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies. Oh, that same sentence again, hand of our enemies, delivered, saved by the, from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. I'm going to stop right there. He goes on. He actually talks about John the Baptist, but we want to meditate today on the Savior. So both Mary and John have these prophetic moments pre-Jesus being born. You follow? Uh, Mary, when she's singing, she's pregnant. She hadn't given birth yet. And um, John is born before Jesus. So at his birth, Zechariah is saying this. So both of these prophetic words are going out about Christ before he's even born that he is gonna be the savior. Both of them said that. One, Mary said that he's the savior. I, I extol or magnify God, the Lord, my saying. Um, pretty much the same thing, just saying that he's coming to bring salvation, right? And then Mary says that he is going to uh, tear down the, the prideful, yeah? Do we remember that? He has shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. John says, he has come to save us from our enemies, from our enemies. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, 
the gospel. One word. What was the word? This is a big one. Reconciliation. This is the, this is the ministry. This is, what, this is what church is all about all the time, 24-7. This is what family is about. This is what relationship with God is about. This is what the whole gospel is about. It's just one simple word, reconciliation. God wanting us to be one with him, to have communion with him, to live with him, to walk with him, to be our friend, to be our father. You know, he's the father of the whole world already. He already created us, yes? But he's not fathering all of us. Okay, so we need to step into a relationship with him and get fathered by him. Yes? In our past pre-Jesus, many of us, all of us technically, uh, were fathered by the devil pre-Jesus. He was not our father. Yeah? But he fathers us in his ways. God is calling us to be reconciled to him to father us in him, in righteousness all the days of our lives. Yeah? Now he's come to save us, the Savior, his name is Jesus, to bring reconciliation in this. And he, by the way, it says in, in the prophecy that, uh, that Zechariah says, oh, I didn't read this part. Why didn't I read this part? It's such a great thing. Verse 77 said, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. When the Lord forgives us of our sin, he actually magnifies the revelation of his salvation when he forgives us of our sin, that this salvation is about this oneness with him, the forgiveness of our sins. And by the way, forgiveness of your sins, 99% of us in this room are probably thinking of like guilt, you know, forgiveness in terms of like guilt, guilt. I'm so guilty, guilty, yeah? Um, I love how many in the church have stated it, that it is true that sin is, brings guilt, yes? Uh, but even more so, I just wanna encourage you to think of it like a sickness, that the Lord wants to heal, okay? When you come to God with sin and your sin problems, he's not like, you little bad boy and kid. Uh, he is, uh, he's more like a doctor who wants to really heal you, okay? Okay, okay, buddy. Ah, Jesus. The Savior. How many of you know that in the Bible, it says it in, uh, in three ways. It says that we were saved, past tense. We're being saved. It talks about it in all these ways, okay? We're being saved. But it also talks about we will be saved. How is this possible? Well, it's all tied up in this guy. His name is Jesus. The gift of the world. Why We all put presents under the Christmas tree. Symbolic of him. Yes? Yes. Jesus goes on a cross and he dies for us. Now, both Mary and Zacharias are prophesying and saying that he's come to tear down these people from their thrones to deliver us and save us from our enemies. Who are our enemies? Today, as we talk about the Savior, I want us to recognize three, three enemies of the Christian. Three enemies that Christ came to save us from. Three enemies. Now, there's probably a bunch. You probably have a whole list. No, I'm just kidding. You shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't have a whole list of enemies, okay? Uh, by the way, even if you did, that would be on them. Your heart is to love them no matter what, right? Anyways, that's people. But there are three enemies you don't want to be friends with in any way, okay? Uh, these are the Christian enemies uh, in the Bible. The first one, his name is, it's a really obvious one, his name is the devil, okay? Remember I said boo, okay? Boom, oh, boring. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. 
Jesus, the Bible says, when he was lifted up on the cross, disarmed the rulers and authorities, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. Okay? Jesus, this whole thing that he's doing, by the way, it's, you know, he's, it's funny because he saved the world, but there's still pain around, yeah? If anybody said there was no pain around, you'd be completely clueless to what's going on on the planet. There is pain around in the world, yes? Okay. Whew, that's all going to go away. You guys know that? It's all gonna go away. God's actually really merciful. He's really, really merciful. There's coming a day the Lord's gonna come back on his white horse and he's gonna come in triumphant. Uh, the devil's gonna get thrown into a lake of fire and he's gonna save us forever and ever. How fun is that? There will be no more tears, no more sickness, no more death. You follow with me? Okay. Micah, stay on track. Three enemies. First one, the devil. The second one, sin. Yeah? You don't want to become friends with sin. Duh. Right? Sin. And the third one, it starts with a D, death. Everyone say death. Death. Now, we all inherited death because of Adam. Right? Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. He says, if you eat this, you'll surely die. So death has been spread to all of us. Yes? yes. Okay. Now, in that... Uh, there was also a nature for us, and that was a sinful nature. Say boo. <laughs> a sinful nature. Um, so there's the devil, there's sin, and then there's death. Jesus came to destroy your enemies. Okay? He came to destroy your enemies. He came to tear them down from their thrones, their places of power and dominion over your life. You follow? Now, we've been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Let's talk about this for one second as we meditate on the Savior Jesus who came to do this for us. Yay. Joy to the world, a Savior has come. A Savior? For what purpose? To reconcile us? How? To defeat our enemies. Now, the Jews in this time, the Jews thought that the, that, that the Messiah was going to deliver them from physical enemies. You guys know that? Because they knew the prophecies, and the prophecies were like, this guy's going to come. He's going to deliver you from your enemies. And they were like, let's go, Jesus. Let's pick up the sword. Let's take out the Romans. Uh, he's like, the wrong enemy. I've come to save them, too. Anyways. So in Jesus on the cross, he defeats three things, main things. He defeated a lot of things, but three main things for us, for all humanity. You ready? He defeated the devil, meaning what? He defeated his power to accuse you. He defeated his power to use the law and the curse of the law to abuse you. He defeated sin, yeah? He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He, he fulfilled the law, in other words. A perfect sinless lamb who was led to the slaughter went up on the cross and it says that he nailed the commandments, he nailed the law upon the cross. All the, those righteous requirements of the law were nailed to the cross so that they don't have to be nailed upon you. Yay, that's good news. The last enemy he defeated, not, not just will defeat, but he did defeat. He defeated the enemy of death which is the fullness and the manifestation of sin in our life. When sin has its full way, it leads to death. Okay, and we all know the story. Jesus died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead in the grave. The angels showed up. There's Mary, by the way, there again. 
uh, she's there, and it's funny, Jesus is there, and they thought he was the gardener, you know, he's in the, in the garden. The stones rolled away. Three days later, he resurrects. Why? Because he's the resurrection and the life. He actually, he defeats death in his resurrection for us. We following? Okay. Now, we're being saved. So in Jesus, in him, all the salvation for us exists. And all of those things, the deliverance from our enemies, the devil, sin, death, is to lead us into relationship, to give us the ability to have the simplicity of relationship. If a lot of what I'm saying right now is just a lot of theological jargon to you, and you're like, what's going on? I just want to encourage you, just think about Jesus. He just loves you. He's just here with you, wants to hang out with you. That's the whole point. God really, really likes you. He wants to sit in your houses. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to engage you in your house, with your family, at the dinner table. Anyways, so everything in salvation is tied up in him. He's done it all. Is that a yes and an amen? Hallelujah. Praise be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who's saved us. Now we're being saved. You guys know Jesus teaches us to pray. Here we go. Um, deliver us from the evil one. Do we pray that? I hope so. It's the prayer of Jesus. He taught us to pray it. Deliver us from the evil one. You see, the deliverance was already made available in the cross. Do we understand? So by faith, everyone say faith. Faith, faith in the one who conquered the devil. Let's go we get to receive the benefit of that. Are we following? So we're being saved in this world. So how come the devil still gets to roam around? Well, this is, I like how, I think Chris Velton said, one of them said it, I love this one quote. He says, you know, this is like part one judgment for the devil, you know. It's where we get to walk in victory over him in this life before he gets thrown into hell. Isn't that fun? Um, I love the book of Job, and Jesus, God says multiple times to Job, he says that he's made the devil to be mocked by the angels. That was, that was a shadow of the things to come in Jesus, where the devil's mocked by his angels through these weak little people called humans uh, who get to have victory by the power of the Holy Spirit over the enemy of their souls. That's fun. We're being saved right now. We're also being saved from sin. Now, it's interesting. Did you guys know in the Bible it doesn't say... Uh, going back to you were saved, you guys know we're saved too. So Jesus saved us, everything's in him, but we were saved. And the Bible doesn't say, you know, you're becoming a child of God. It says you are a child of God. It doesn't say you're becoming a saint. It, says, it doesn't say, you know, to the church of Rome, those who are destined to be saints or will or becoming saints. It says to the saints. You are a saint. You are the righteousness of God. Your identity is, is fixed in Jesus. Like, your identity is not being saved. Like, that's the part where you are saved. You're not becoming a child of God. I hope we're understanding what I'm saying. You are a child of God in Jesus, okay? So, from, from that, though, we get to grow. So, um, so, Jesus also says, lead us not into temptation, yes? We pray that. Listen, you're the righteousness of God, but you also pray, lead us not into temptation, Right? So we're, so we're saved, we've become the righteousness of God, but we're also praying, lead us not into temptation. Let us walk in this righteousness by the power of your Holy Spirit, who you've made me to be and who I need to see myself as. Right? We don't see ourselves how we used to be before the water of baptism. 
if anybody still, if you still look in the mirror and you see your old self before Jesus, I just really encourage you to wash the mirror a little bit more and see yourself clearly. You are a new creation. The old things are gone. All things have become new. Yes? So in that revelation and in coming to God, we're being saved in this life right now from the devil, from sin, lead us not into temptation. Okay? And the last one is also from death. Now, you know the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives life to our mortal body. Isn't this fun? Now we know that, that in the Bible it says that if anyone's sick among you, talk in the church, let the elders pray over you, anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. You all heard this? As a church, not just um, this church, I mean this church believes in healing, but not just this church, but the historical church like believes in healing? I'm not talking about in the resurrection. I'm talking about right now. Do we all know that? This is an aspect of saving. The Catholic, okay, some of, some of us might not even believe me. Listen, listen. The whole church, from the very beginning, the, the whole thing of praying for the sick hasn't ended. The Catholic church continued it. The Orthodox church continued it. The Anglican church continued it. The, the Lutherans continued it. Everybody continued it, except for a small little group. But listen, <laughs> we won't get there today. <laughs> But there's life for us right now. There's a saving for us, even in the momentary, even in a physical sense for us right now. But you know that it's not that aspect, though. It's interesting. That aspect's not complete. There's one thing the Bible says remains. It's the last enemy to be defeated. Now, Jesus defeated it. He's kind, he is defeating in our lives whenever he wants to, but he will ultimately defeat it for all humanity. You guys know what the last enemy to be defeated is? Death. That's, that's with his resurrection. Jesus is at defeating enemies. He's come to defeat our enemies. That's the savior. This is why he came, is to defeat our enemies. Do you understand? He defeated death. He defeats it in our life. But his ultimately defeat of, of death is gonna happen in the resurrection. Do we understand what I just said? So sometimes, you know, sometimes we do pray for people and, and, or kids are sick or things like that and things happen. You guys understand? And it's not, that's not good things. That's not the will of God. But you know, death, Death doesn't get the last say when it comes to God. This is not the end of the story. From a God who is eternal, and listen, we're gonna be living forever. This short life means, uh, it's so minuscule, it's ridiculous. You can't, I don't even, if you had a timeline of eternity and you wanted to put this life on the timeline, you couldn't even find it, that's ridiculous. Are you following with me? You're gonna be living for eternity. Mm. This life isn't the last say. So when we see death in it, there's a sad part. In fact, the more someone means to you, the more it hurts, for example, when death comes, right? A loved one, things like that. We've all experienced death as humans around us, yes? But we don't mourn, I gotta say this. This is part of the Christmas message. We don't mourn like the world mourns. Do we mourn? It's good to cry sometimes, especially when we go through hard things but we don't mourn like the world mourns because the world mourns without hope. We have hope. We know that there's gonna be a resurrection. Ah, that's good. So we might miss so-and-so. We might miss our relatives. We might miss, so you know, we might be sad about certain things, but that's not the end. Our Savior is saving us. He saved us from the devil, from sin, and from death. You understand? The devil doesn't get any part in your life anymore. His power of accusation is irrelevant over you. Why? Because you became a new creation. You took on a new identity. In this prophecy of Zechariah, he said he's called us to walk in righteousness all the days of our life. If we call ourselves Christian and we're just like being really mean to other people, 
we got to really screw our heads on a little more tight and, and understand what's going on. Okay. Like if we're like, Jesus isn't going to, the devil can't accuse me, so I'm just going to be a really bad person and mean person, and, and God's just going to forgive me. Like, woe to us if that's the case. God will not be mocked. Yes? Okay. But the devil doesn't get to say anything over us. And sin doesn't have to have power over you ever anymore. Yes? And, oh, this is great too. The whole thing of death, there's hope for us. There's power to heal. There's power to bring restoration in even a physical aspect. Yes? But as we stand in faith, even if that faith isn't realized in this life, it's going to be realized pretty soon. So if you stood for faith your whole life for healing and you, you died, guess what? You get healed and resurrected at the same time. So, yes, he's a God of healing. Yay. He's our savior. Ah. Now, all those benefits aren't just so like, yay, we can run around and be like, yay, Jesus defeated the devil, and I get to run around just saying that. This, again, this is all, this is all tied up in one word. What's the word? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Him defeating our enemies is so that we can have oneness with him all the days of our life, so that we can walk with him, serve him. So as we come up to Christmas, Christmas is in two weeks. You guys only have two more weeks even in this building. This is a new season for this church. Uh, 29th, you guys are going to a new building. That's my birthday. Um, and it's uh, Reagan's birthday, his uh, Pastor Jesse's daughter's birthday. Um, it's a new day. It's a new, a new beginning, a new thing. Yes? Jesus brought in a new thing. And this is it's funny because it's, it's so tied. It's like the perfect timing. New Year's. Christmas, new building, let's go. Um, so in this season, though, as we're huddled around together, some of us, maybe there's a few of us that don't do Christmas trees and all that stuff, and maybe you're more like I was with Santa Claus back in the day, and you're like, I don't want to practice any of this weird stuff. Um, I just want to encourage you, though, it all has really, really good meaning, and it all has a good purpose. And when you're huddled around the tree and you're seeing the cross, or the star, or the, the angel. How many of you put up? By the way, who, let's do a show of hands. Who's, who's a star group? Who's, who's got stars on their tree? Anybody? Oh my gosh, I thought there'd be more stars. I'm gonna pray for you guys. All right, raise your hand if you guys got angels. Angels? Oh my gosh. I used to have an angel. We switched over to the dark side. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, by the way, we put lights on our houses. Uh, you know, you don't turn the lights on when it's like daytime. You know, it's when it's dark. Then it's so beautiful. Same thing with a tree. Who turns on all the lights? And the guy, I mean, you can kind of see it, but the beauty comes when it's like dimmed or dark all around it. And you're like, wow, the glory. That's the whole purpose of Jesus. The glory of God that he's come to save us to bring. He is the light of the world that's come to shine in the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend it and overcome it. It's just shining. I drove by this one house. They had so many lights on their house. I was legitimately concerned. I, I, was, I was like, <laughs> I really hope there's not a fire at that house. That was like, oh my gosh. I love Christmas. So as we're sitting around 
the tree as we're hanging out with family and we're recognizing that these presents, they symbolize something. We're not just giving it to good people because they were good little kids to us. We're giving it because God first gave his son to us because he loves us. And we're imitating that giving by loving others. Yes? Ah. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Christmas. I thank you that we get to think a little bit today about the Savior who came to save us. That in the midst of a dark world where there is death and there's pain, Father, that you've come to give us life. Where there's sin, you've come to give us righteousness. Where there's an enemy, you've come to cause us to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And behold, nothing shall by any means hurt us. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your salvation from our enemies. We thank you that we get to walk in the victory right now, that we've been saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. We thank you for the coming resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this church. I pray for your blessing. I pray for your mercy. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on this church. Thank you for the new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. All right. I love Christmas now even more. Oh, man. Well, hey. I want you guys, uh, well, I think we're done. Um, if you're part of the prayer team, come on up. I encourage you to come up and get prayer, get a word from God. If you need something to, uh, to push you into a happier place, a word from the Lord is a really good start, okay? Um, so our prayer team, come on up. Um, and uh, see, this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at our new building, if you want to come and pray and worship with us, we're going to pray for the walls, pray for the whole place. We're going to prepare a place for God to land. Um, and so if that's something you want to do, it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be powerful. Um, we're going to do that on Wednesday, and then Sunday we'll see you back here for our the last service before Christmas. Go get some good shopping done. Go bless Amazon, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Have a great week, you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.